Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We conclude our college football preview by going through the SEC. We also got a big announcement coming. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Skull Candy and Yeti Coolers. Thank you for tuning in to the latest edition of the College Football Preview Episodes where today we are previewing the one and only SEC. Dad, welcome into the program tonight as you're joining me. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Looking forward to it. What makes the SEC great? Well, you know, there's a lot of things, I believe. One would be tradition. They have tremendous um, tradition. Um, very big, in course, uh, in the South. But they have schools that are very recognized, of course, in the last you know, 20 years or maybe more, they've had great success. So that's helped and people have um, known about them there. We've talked about this before. One thing right now is, you know, they just have tremendous coaches. As far as any conference, they've got people who've been very successful and not just very successful, but very good coaches. In some cases, they've had longevity and some uh, not as much, but right now, um, they have a good array, and it seems like they can always attract the good coaches. When there's a coach opening in the SEC, I think they can, can go and have their pick. They don't get beat too many times with someone else getting someone that they want, especially in the upper tier. Also, the SEC recruits extremely well. They always have teams ranked high in recruiting. And part of that, again, I mentioned, you know, if, if you can do well in your home state, especially if your state is talent-rich like some of these are, Florida, Georgia, down in the south, then you're going to do um, real well, and, um, and, and they do well with that. So, you know, I think it's a combination, but they're on top right now. And I, one thing, you know, they're always working to get better. Uh, the SEC is always looking at what they can do as far as promotion, and um, I think they always want to get better. One of the states you didn't mention was Texas, and with the Longhorns coming in, that's, uh, that, that's going to put an interesting spin on things there. Of course, um, Florida and Georgia obviously have great talent, but Texas is a state that develops a lot of solid high school players, and yep. we'll see some of them in this season uh, throughout the NCAA football year as well. All right, Dad, uh, let's get into our SEC preview. There's not a whole lot else to talk about. Uh, the NFL is kicking off right now uh, with the Hall of Fame game. If you're watching us live, uh, you don't want to watch the Hall of Fame game. You keep watching us. <laughs> don't worry. You're not missing anything. But uh, the football is back, and uh, college football starts up first week of September 
there might even be one game or a couple of games in August, but I think most of it's the first week of September. And uh, so we're going to look at our SEC teams. First, I want to go through the poll that we posted on Twitter earlier this week. The question on the poll was, which of these teams is most likely to win eight or more games this season? And the teams listed were Kentucky, Missouri, Mississippi State, and Tennessee. Uh, most likely to win eight-plus games this season, Kentucky, Missouri, Mississippi State, Tennessee. Dad, who do you think is most likely to win eight eight or more games? Um, I would say Missouri. Okay, Missouri won the poll, 34%. 1% below that, 33% was Tennessee, and okay. then Mississippi State at 19% and Kentucky at 14%. An interesting poll, to say the least. I thought I was the only one relatively high on Tennessee this year. Apparently, our listeners and Twitter followers um, have a little bit of expectation for them as well. We'll talk about that more as we get to the teams. Let's go to our tiers. We've been doing this every conference. We place all the teams into five, one of five tiers. Tier number one is national championship contenders this year. Tier number two is conference uh, championship contenders. Tier three is within the next five years, they could be a conference contender. Tier four is a contender someday, someday, maybe. And then tier five, we have affectionately called our Vanderbilt tier all the preview long, and we'll hold that through today as well. Dad, go ahead and give me your tiers for the SEC. All right. National champion, uh, I think there's two, Alabama, obviously, and Georgia. I think depending on who would win the SEC, I think they both have a good shot um, at the national championship. Uh, that's the ones I have there. The conference champions, um, three teams that could also fight for that. I think it would be LSU, Texas A&M, and Florida. Um, there for the conference championships, five years, teams that might um, be able to challenge in five years would be Missouri, Tennessee, Auburn, and even though this coach won't be there in five years, Ole Miss. <laughs> okay. And then, right. and then the maybes, maybe they could, would be Kentucky, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and the Vanderbilt tier. Two teams in the Vanderbilt tier? Two teams in the Vanderbilt tier. Oh. When you look at this year, of course, you have Vanderbilt and the other team better than Vanderbilt, but I think it's going to be the team everybody's going to look forward to playing is South Carolina. Okay. Oh, uh, Gamecock fans, uh, what are your thoughts on, on that? Uh... Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Uh, that one surprises me. It threw me for a loop there a little bit there, Dan. All right. Well, we're fairly, fairly similar, especially at the top. We, I've got two teams in tier one, Alabama and Georgia. Uh, in tier number two, I've got three teams, Texas A&M, Florida and LSU. So we are exactly the same in tier one and tier two. In tier three, 
Um, I have only three teams. You had all three of these in your tier as well, but Ole Miss, Auburn, and Tennessee. And we're going to talk about these teams in a moment. Um, but the thing I like about Auburn and Tennessee is the coaching staff. I really think there's potential with both of them to build something relatively quick there. And then, and both of them have a history so they can build on those, those things as well. And then Ole Miss is just a team, Lane Kiffin. Um, he's had some bumps obviously along the way, but, uh, he knows how to put together an offense. And with that comes wins a lot of times. So we'll see. We'll see about that one. I've got them in tier three as a five year build. Tier four, I've got Arkansas, Missouri, Mississippi State, Kentucky, and South Carolina. Now, Missouri is in this tier because I just don't think they're going to be legit contenders. I don't think they will be again. Uh, they, they might have a season where they come up and contend, but as far as leveling out into a consistent contender, I just don't see it happening. Uh, Mississippi State, I think Leach has kind of run his course and uh, his, I don't think his style works anymore as far as not necessarily his system, but just his style of coaching and things like that. Kentucky, we've seen it over and over and over again. They're a six-win team every year with the occasional seven wins and the occasional five wins. Then you've got Arkansas. I like Sam Pittman at Arkansas, uh, but it's going to take a while to build that program, I think. And then I've got South Carolina in there as well because I just don't think they're as miserable as Vanderbilt. Tier five is Vanderbilt. They're the Vanderbilt tier. Uh, obviously, I had to put them in there. Uh, I like their coaching staff. I like that. But when it comes to Vanderbilt, Dad, the difference, why they can't compete in the SEC is because of their academic standards. And as long as they have this cap on the team where you can't be stupid and come to our university, they're not going to get some of the top talent uh, out and about, in my opinion, at least. And uh, so Vanderbilt is struggling because of that reason. Again, they'll have some years where they'll be in the bowl, el- bowl eligibility, and they're going to have other years, most years, where they're dangling at five or less wins each year. So that is our tier system for the SEC. All right, Dad, let's get into the preview for the SEC. Oh, before we do that, I got an announcement to make. I almost forgot. Big time announcement coming for you. Uh, if you are a football fan, if you are an SEC fan, and even more specifically, if you're a Kentucky fan, uh, the Sports Stove Podcast is going to be introducing the Sports Stove Local Hour. It's going to come to you on Wednesday evenings and be available for you on podcast late Wednesday night and into Thursday morning. And we'll start this uh, the first Wednesday, September 1st uh, uh, in September. And this is going to be all about Kentucky sports. Uh, football season, of course, will be the focus uh, on football. We'll preview the games. We'll have some local guests on to talk about the games as well. And uh, we've got a sponsor that's going to be joining with us on that. We'll announce that uh, later in another episode, but excited uh, for that. So that'll be the Sports Stove Local Hour focusing on Kentucky sports. And uh, we might we might dabble into some Eastern Kentucky sports, and we might dabble into some other things going on, basketball and things like that. But uh, uh, we're going to have a whole episode each week geared towards Kentucky and Kentucky sports. So that will be coming to you September 1st on Wednesday evenings. All right, Dad, now into the SEC predictions and preview. We're going to start with the SEC East and the Georgia Bulldogs. Kirby Smart, the head coach, he's 44 and 12 as the head coach at Georgia. They've got the quarterback that's supposed to be the hot dog, JT Daniels. 
there for Georgia. Of course, he was a highly touted recruit. Uh, there are no excuses this year for Georgia. Now is the time. Last year, they had some injuries and some last-minute uh, opt-outs and things like that. This year, they've got a stacked defense. They've got a solid offense. Everything is there for them. The big question is all about JT Daniels. Is he healthy? And when he's healthy, is he elite? Is he a quarterback that can lift the team uh, to get to that next level? Kirby Smart has had some phenomenal years uh, as head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs, but that that opportunity to be in the national championship game has just eluded them, uh, even though the, some of the top talent in, in the, the, the league and in college football. So my needed improvement for Georgia this year, Dad, is coaching. Uh, the coaching has to get better. It has to be at that point where you don't lose games because of your coaching, decision-making, and things like that. Georgia's win total is at 10.5. Dad, tell me your thoughts on the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, you know, I, I think you hit it. If, if that quarterback is what he's supposed to be, then they they could run the table. When when you look at their schedule, obviously they play Clemson. So that'll yeah. be a big game and, and very easily could be a loss. Outside of that, they're going to be favored in every other game they go into. Of course, it's always big rivalry games with Florida and with Georgia Tech and and um, things like that. But all all things being equal, they're gonna, their schedule – is pretty favorable. So I, I think coaching will be the key because when you have a, a schedule when you're favored each week, then you have to be ready to play or otherwise you can get surprised. Because the SEC, there is a lot of um, rivalry, a lot of competition, um, everybody always wanting to play good against the good teams. And we've seen over the years some real surprises. Somebody that just wasn't that good all of a sudden either really scare or even beat a really good team. So I think you you were you were dead on it. I think coaching will be important. They've got the people. They're able to recruit. Kirby Smart's got a good record. I think he's a good coach. Uh, they could really not only could they have a great season, they could establish themselves where for the next few years you always have to mention Georgia when you're talking about college football. Yeah, and the reason why I say this is the time for them, because in the East, they're dealing with Florida. Really, the only contender in the East is Florida uh, that I can see at this moment. But next year, depending on how the alignment changes, uh, and maybe not next year, I think it'll be next year. But nonetheless, uh, pretty soon, you've got Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. That's going to make things tougher. Uh, Georgia's main competition right now in the conference is Alabama. LSU has their years. Florida has their years, but Georgia's pretty much been on top of Florida. Now it's just a matter of, hey, if you want to win, you got to do it now before Texas and Oklahoma come in and make things harder for you. This is the year to do it. I've got the win prediction at 11 wins. I have a loss to Clemson in week one, and then they win out the regular season after that is my prediction for Georgia. They're just too good of a team, and you would think that the coaching will, will be good enough to get them to that 11-win mark. Next up is Florida. The Florida Gators are coached by Dan Mullen. He is 29-9 and since his time at Florida. And honestly, Dad, that's that kind of surprised me. I thought he wasn't – I didn't think he was that good record-wise. But uh, they've got Emory Jones as their quarterback, and he's a solid dual-threat quarterback. He takes over for Kyle Trask. 
Losing Trask means a little bit of a lower expectation coming into this year, at least nationally for Florida. The thought is, well, they're going to have to rebuild. It might take a little bit of time, whatever it may be. So not a whole lot of stress and pressure on Florida this year, but they've got a very, very good team still. The big question I have for Florida is can the O-line step up? They weren't horrible last year, uh, but when you're having a dual-threat quarterback like Emory Jones is, you're going to have to be able to block maybe even a little differently than you did for Kyle Trask. The needed improvement is the pass rush. Defense as a whole is going to have to 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 be able to compete and hold teams like Georgia and Alabama, but the pass rush is something that needs to improve for Florida this year. The win total is set at nine for Florida. I think that's the perfect number. That's the number that I have for Florida is nine wins this year. Dad, your thoughts on the Gators? I think nine wins are exactly where it is. Um, Mullins, I've always thought, is one of the best coaches. Um, you know, he bounced around a little bit. Mississippi State, he did very well. And it was obvious he'd come back. He was the obvious guy for Florida when the time came to come back there. And, again, Florida is a great place to recruit. Um, you look at their schedule, I think nine wins is exactly where it is. And you're right. There's not as much pressure uh, coming in. So, you know, uh, who knows? He could really use that to his advantage, and that could help. But the Gators should have a good year. I agree. Next up is the Kentucky Wildcats right here in my hometown of Lexington, Kentucky. Mark Stoops is the head coach. He's one game under 500 at 49 and 50 in his time in Kentucky. An interesting quarterback battle is brewing in Lexington. Joey Gatewood is the holdover. He was an Auburn transfer and everyone just assumed he was going to be the guy. Then this year, Penn State transfer Will Levis comes in and uh, he seems to be the darling of camp, so to say. But According to everything that I can find, uh, it is still a very close battle, and who is going to win, nobody knows. New offensive coordinator comes over with ties to Sean McVay, and so the thought is, oh, this is going to be an exciting offense. Well, Kentucky doesn't have exciting offenses. As a matter of fact, they just run the ball down your throat all the time. So the question is, uh, will they throw the ball this year as compared the past years they do have a strong offensive line a very solid run game and a good defense but they don't have a whole lot to show for it mark stoops has been a good recruiter when it comes to especially the offensive line the defense and the running backs and if you look at the nfl and see the kentucky players there right now you'll see that he knew what he was talking about when it came to talent in those positions but again what do they have to show for it one 10 win season and then backwards from there And a lot of that has come down to the offense and the quarterback. So the needed improvement is the pass offense. Around here, they talk about how great the wide receivers are going to be in Lexington, yet someone has to throw them the football. And to this point, no one's been doing that. Terry Wilson is gone. He goes out west. And uh, that means maybe more opportunity for the receivers this year. The Kentucky win total is set at seven. If you ask any local newspaper writer, they will tell you, oh, they're going to go over seven. Uh, I go the other direction. I see six wins on the schedule for Kentucky. Still bowl eligible, which most Kentucky fans will still be happy about. And I will just shake my head saying, why are you happy about a small bowl game? <laughs> let's, let's try to push the team to a little bit higher hopes. Yet, when I look at their schedule, is it possible they could win seven? Yes. Is it possible they could win eight? I think it is. But just looking at the schedule as it sits, six wins for Kentucky is my thought. Dad, we spent many a years 
in Tennessee. You spent 30-some-odd years in Tennessee. Kentucky football was never anything to be scared about. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kentucky this year? Um, I, again, I, I think you described it well. I think six wins is where I have them. Um, I think you're right. They could win. You look at their schedule, you could say, well, boy, they ought to at least win seven, maybe could even win eight. All they got to do is get upset by one team, though, and then that all changes. So, you know, and is Kentucky a team that can always be focused enough to make sure they don't get upset by a Mississippi State or don't get upset by a South Carolina? Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know that their talent is a whole lot better than those. Um, but, again, if they could surprise, you know, uh, Tennessee surprised someone. They played well against Florida sometimes on occasion. Um, but I, talent-wise, um, I, they're definitely – they should make a bowl, but that's probably where they're at. Yeah, maybe play well sometimes against Florida, but they don't beat Florida. Uh, you, the games to look at for Kentucky this year that they need to win is the Missouri game, Mississippi State game, and the Tennessee game. All of those teams are kind of in the same area right now. And you've got to be able to beat those teams to kind of get up to that next level. And to this point, Kentucky just hasn't consistently done that. Now, they have talent. They've got some really good talent. As a matter of fact, they may have the best offensive line or at least a top three offensive line in the nation this year. That should lead to some productivity from the offense. The question is, is will Mark Stoops let them open them up? Or are they going to get stuck just trying to run the football all over people? And they've got good running backs, so they can run the ball but they should be able to spread it out a little bit as well with either Joey Gatewood or Will Levis at quarterback. Next up is the Tennessee Vols. They've got a new head coach, Josh Heupel. Uh, they've got a three-way quarterback competition right now. Harrison Bailey is the holdover. He was the big recruit, supposedly, uh, in the past couple of years. But then they bring in the Michigan quarterback, Joe Milton, and Virginia Tech quarterback, Herndon Hooker, uh, in there as well. I cannot find uh, anyone who can agree on who they think the starting quarterback will be for Tennessee. I lean Joe Milton, uh, but uh, I'm not sure on that as well. Tennessee has a pretty strong offensive line, even though they lost one of their better offensive linemen to the NFL draft. Um, they've got a new offensive system, which brings optimism to Knoxville. And uh, the big question is, can they get a quarterback to fit the system? And will the system produce? Josh Heupel has known for his offense. He's known for electric offenses, for guys that put up yards and stats and points. Tennessee hasn't had an electric offense in quite some time. Even though they had some talent, uh, the coaching was not good. So can Heupel get that going? Needed improvement is the defense. The defense has underachieved. Uh, under Pruitt, they were supposed to be great defenses, and he brought in some incredible talent. It never got put together. They could never really contain people. And so they've lost some of their top talent. Henry Tooto uh, took off in the transfer portal, and he was a top-level linebacker. Uh, nonetheless, the defense has to improve because in the SEC, you can't survive if you're, if you're giving up 30-plus points a game. You're going to have to be able to play some defense. The win total is six wins for Knoxville and the Tennessee Vols. Dad, your thoughts on the Tennessee Volunteers? Um, again, you know, I think it all hinges, you know, the new coach is going to bring a lot of excitement. Um, he's had a lot of success where he's at. I think it'll take a little bit of time, you know, with recruiting and getting players and getting his system in. But he's going to create excitement. 
um, ball fans, if you know, won't take much for a few wins, and they'll be excited. And um, you know, it's a big stadium down there in Knoxville, and um, I think they could do well. I think probably six wins if they can make a bowl. I think they would be happy this year. Now they're not a team that's going to be happy with just making a bowl every year, as you talked about. But to make a bowl this year with a new coach, with everything that happened, would be good. And again, the key in SEC, there's tremendous competition on recruiting. And Tennessee is in an area where they need to recruit well. They need to recruit the state of Tennessee well and then be able to draw people from Georgia, Florida, and Alabama, which they've been able to do in the past. And that's going to have a lot to do with um, the excitement there and, and, and kids can see, hey, this coach is going to turn things around pretty quick at Rocky Top. Yeah, I, I'm really big on Josh Heupel. Um, it's not that he's going to go go bonkers this first year, but this Tennessee team, the cupboard's not bare. There is some really talented players here. Um, that's one thing Pruitt was able to do was was recruit. They just couldn't coach the kids they recruited. So uh, I think it's a good year. I look at Tennessee. I looked at their schedule. I've got them at seven wins. Um, that seventh win is, is the win over Kentucky. Now, if Kentucky beats Tennessee, then it flops that to where Kentucky gets seven wins and Tennessee gets six wins. Uh, but I think I think Tennessee's going to surprise some people this year with how good they look uh, this season. And I think it's going to be something they can build off of in the years to come. That brings us to another team kind of in that same uh, uh, region, same tier as Kentucky and Tennessee, and that's Missouri. Uh, Mizzou head coach Elijah Drinkwitz is 5-5 five and five, uh, in his first year at Missouri. Their quarterback is Connor Bazalek. Uh, he is come, returns to Missouri. This is a second-year coach, a returning quarterback, and finally no pandemic. So they're going to have an opportunity uh, in his first year. They didn't have in his first year, and that's the full practice, the full offseason, all those sorts of things that should help Mizzou in the long run. Uh, the big question is, can the new defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, get the defense going? The defense was not good. That's why they got a new defensive coordinator. So we'll see how that goes uh, for them. Their needed improvement is offensive consistency and efficiency. Even with the returning quarterback, you'd like to see him take that next step forward and improve uh, and help the team as well. Missouri's win total is set at seven wins. I've got them at six wins, falling just underneath that seven win uh, total there as well. I feel like that's an improvement over last year, although last year was against pretty much all SEC teams. Uh, I still think they get one more win this year. Your thoughts on Mizzou? Um, again, I think Missouri will be um, a better, you know, I think than you think they will, but I don't know. You know, we will see. I think when you look at their schedule, uh, the schedule is fairly favorable. Now, if they lose all the close games um, and teams that are close to them, they have an interesting out-of-conference game with Boston College. Some people say that's not going to be a problem. When we previewed, um, I think Boston College may be pretty good, so Missouri may have trouble in a game like that. I think they can get seven wins. Uh, when people in the polls said they'd be the most likely one to get eight, I, don't, I think eight would really be pushing it for them this year. But again, I think with them being in the SEC, having a fairly new coach, um, it's important to do well um, to keep moving because you have to keep up with recruiting and things in the conference. Yeah, I think if Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, or Mississippi State get eight wins, their fan base would be ecstatic. I mean, it's not expected from them this year for sure. 
Uh, next team is South Carolina. Shane Beamer is the head coach. First year there at South Carolina. They got Luke Doty as their quarterback. The uh, D-line and the run game should help keep South Carolina from getting absolutely torched every week this season. The big question is the health of the running back stud, Marshawn Lloyd, uh, coming off of an injury. If he is healthy, they add him to an already uh, very good running back room. Uh, that will definitely help. Needed improvement is pass blocking. The offensive line uh, really hurt them when it comes to that. It's been tough going in South Carolina the last couple of years. Three and a half is the win total. I've got them at four wins. Uh, you've got them down in tier five with Vanderbilt. Let me get to Vanderbilt before I get, get your thoughts. Um, and I've got them down there this year as well. But Vanderbilt, they've got a new new coach as well coming over from Notre Dame, Clark Lay. Uh, they've got two quarterbacks, Ken Seals and Mike Wright. They might both see some time. They have a slightly differing styles, but both of them have seen some time before. They have a fortunate SEC schedule. They don't have to play the big dogs uh, very much here this season. That'll help to some degree. I don't expect them to win a whole lot of SEC games, though, this year. They've got a lot of work to do. The big question I've got for Vanderbilt is can this coaching staff build the program up? They've got some great backgrounds with them. But can they do anything with it? And then the needed improvement for Vanderbilt is putting points on the board. They just they scored, I think, less than 17. Uh, I forget how many times now, four or five, six times last season. They got to be able to get the ball into the end zone. Their win total is at three, and that's exactly where I've got them at as well. Three wins for Vanderbilt. Dad, any thoughts on South Carolina and or Vanderbilt? Um, well, you know, again, South Carolina, they, they're just going to have a tough time this year. They might be able to head on. Um, again, they've had some better years. Uh, right now, with Clemson being so good, that you know hurts them. I think with recruiting in the state, no yeah. doubt about that. And because uh, Clemson kind of pick who they want down there, and um, but South Carolina, uh, I think is just going to have trouble when you look at their schedule. Um, you, you just don't see um, a lot of wins there, and if they happen to get. Uh, upset by somebody like a Troy or whatever, then they would really be uh, in trouble. And, of course, they have that rivalry game with Clemson every year, which doesn't help you when you're trying to rebuild. So I I think that's where they'll have trouble. Vanderbilt, again, a new coach. You know, um, know, we lived in the Nashville area for a long time, and they're going to have to establish they can't be the same old Vanderbilt. Um, the only guy that changed that was Franklin. Um, yeah. And strangely enough, he left the SEC to go <laughs> to Penn State. Why was that? You know, you mentioned the problem is the academic standards, and that is part of it. But part of it is the whole thinking of the university. The university is not really interested in, in the sports program as much as most other schools are. Now, you can say, well, it brings in a lot of money, but it doesn't necessarily at Vanderbilt. Um, it does some games because you have the whole stadium's full of Tennessee fans. So, yes, there's some something coming in. and uh, that, But that's the way it is now at Vanderbilt. The visiting team has more fans than they do. And it, it's just a climate that's around there. You know, we talked about the Vanderbilt baseball team. The coach there has been able to turn things around, but he's been able to do it independently of the university, um, yep. and the university is not behind them. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to an opening game one year, see many years ago, they opened a season against Middle Tennessee State, and I was able to have tickets. 
and the tickets I had was from an alumni. So I was sitting right in with the faculty, and it was amazing. Opening game of football season, the talk was almost had nothing to do with football at all, and these were the big professors in the school, and if anything, it was a joke, and they lost to MTSU that year, and the basic thing when they were leaving the game was, well, you know, I guess we'll keep showing up on Saturday. I mean, there, there was just nothing there uh, as far as school spirit among a lot of the leadership of the school. So the coach has to turn that around. Vanderbilt has not helped herself. The city of Nashville, the Predators, so many things have gotten bigger and better, and Vanderbilt has not tried to tap into that or compete with that at all. Very true, and that's why they have their own tier. Uh, let's move on to the West Conference, uh, West Division, Alabama. Uh, Nick Saban, 164 wins, 23 losses as head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. They've got Bryce Young. Uh, this guy is rolling in the dough right now, making all kinds of money, but can he live up to the hype of being the next Alabama quarterback uh, let's think about this Alabama team, Dad. All they have to do is replace their starting quarterback, their starting running back, two of their starting wide receivers, and three of their offensive linemen. The amazing thing is, is they can actually do that. <laughs> they are, yeah. they are reloading, not rebuilding. The big question for Alabama is, is this the best Alabama defense yet? Their defense is stacked, and they have been for years with NFL-ready talent at every position, and this team just looks incredible. The Really, the only question mark is Bryce Young. Is he ready? Is he going to be able to step in and play? If he gets hurt, do they have the depth behind him uh, to continue and take him to the next, to the next level? Uh, their win total is at 11 and a half. And dad, I just, I see it at 12 wins again. They're going to get pushed. They're going to get challenged in a couple of games, but they're just the better team in the conference right now. And maybe once they face Alabama or excuse me, Georgia, that'll be the hardest, the hardest matchup. But, um, I don't see a and M. I don't see LSU as challenging Alabama this year. And so for that reason, I've got them going undefeated, uh, again this season, uh, there. Any argument to that? Um, I mean, no, you, like you said, they, they just reload. You know, they lose those people and they've got two or three five star guys just waiting in the wings, uh, to play. He, he really has talent. He's able to coach them up. And it's interesting because he, he loses assistant coaches a lot, changes assistant coaches, offensive coordinators actually a lot. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem to affect anything there. Uh, I think if there would be anything that could be a distraction at Alabama, I think could be this name, image, and likeness thing. Because, again, if you've got a guy that's never even started a game making a million dollars, you know, are they going to be able to keep the team focused on that type of thing? And Saban is, you know, he'd come out like, well, yeah, this is great, you know. I'm not sure how this happened or whatever, but, yeah, it's good. But I, I think it could be a distraction um, there unless Alabama. Now, they've got the supporters that they could get money to all the kids on the team. Um, but it's going to – I think that could be the biggest challenge for them. They could win 12. Uh, this might be the year they get upset. Um, and maybe maybe not even an LSU or whatever, even though I think LSU is the best possibility. Um, this might be one where somebody would sneak up if they do lose their focus um, or do lose 
their unity, and they may not. Yeah, Alabama is, you know, they've been paying their players for years. Now they're able to make it public. And, uh, you know, and it's a good lesson for all the offensive linemen out there. The quarterback's always going to get paid. Just plain and simple. They're always going to get more money. So for the other teammates, it's a good lesson to learn because when they get to the NFL, it's not going to be any different. The quarterback's going to get more money than they are. The backup quarterback's going to get more money than they are in most cases. And, uh, and so you got to just live with that. And I think Nick Saban's probably the right coach to handle that. Um, keeping the distractions very limited there in the locker room. Next up is Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher. He's 26 and 10 in his time at A&M. Uh, they've got two quarterbacks. Haynes King more than likely will be the, the main guy, but there's a possibility that Zach Calzada, Calzada can, uh, challenge him. Will this be the year they become legit contenders? I like Jimbo Fisher enough. But I'm not sure that I have full confidence that he can get this Texas A&M team to be consistent contenders, to be legit national championship contenders. Again, maybe for a year they can sneak up there and get it done. But as far as just being consistently up there at the top and and considered one of the top teams in the nation, I just don't see it happening, especially with Texas and Oklahoma joining the conference as well. A lot of this year depends, though, on the quarterback. Haynes King, like I said, is probably the starter. Um, the big question I've got for A&M is can the wide receiver stable make the quarterback elite? They've got some really good wide receivers, and they have that potential to lift that quarterback up and help whoever it is throwing them the football. Needed improvement is sacks. Otherwise, their defense has been phenomenal. They were first in the SEC last year, but they have not been able to get to the quarterback as much as you would like a team, especially at the top of the SEC, to do. Their win total this year is at 9.5. I actually have them... Uh, just under that at nine wins, uh, looking at their schedule, that's where I see them coming out this year. If the quarterback comes out and be- is phenomenal, then, then they might push Alabama. But overall, I just think the offense is what's going to hurt them the most this year and keep them down to nine wins there. Your thoughts on Jimbo Fisher's Aggies? Well, again, I'm like you. I like Jimbo Fisher. Uh, I think he's got things headed in the right direction. Uh, one problem they have is in the SEC, they are in the West. So that they do, you know, that's going to be a hard thing to come out of. I think they can have a very good year. I think they could end up being ranked pretty high at the end of the year because their record, if all you lose to is Alabama or one other good team, you can still be ranked pretty high. Right. Um, and of course, in years to come, when they expand this playoff thing, um, you know, Texas A&M, if they, if they can keep going up, uh, everybody's going to have a chance when you get in the playoffs, and they're going to allow several teams from one conference to do that. So um, I think Texas A&M could have a good year. I think they could get to 10 wins, but it'd be 9 or 10. All right. Next is LSU and the most entertaining coach in college football, Ed Orgeron. He's 45-14 and 14 as head coach of the LSU Tigers. Their quarterback is Max Johnson. He's 6'5", 219. He's got some accuracy issues, and they weren't planning on him being the guy this year. Their quarterback goes down with a broken arm in camp, and so there now steps up Max Johnson. Uh, this team is better, more talented than last year's team, but they're really not championship material e- either. But they've got a relatively easy schedule this year. They've got to play, of course, Alabama, but they've overall their schedule is easy for an SEC schedule. Uh, the big question I have for LSU is, has the offense reloaded uh, since losing the number one draft pick at quarterback uh, after their national championship year? 
They just had a down year, and uh, can they get can they get that going again offensively? Need an improvement though. I'm going to say the defensive backs. They've got one of the most talented players in the nation, and Derek Stingley, the uh, junior, and uh, but they're going to have to step up and play uh, elite pass defense there in the secondary, and uh, I expect them to to do that to be better this year. But their win totals at eight and a half, Dad, and I've got them just under that at eight wins. Also, this East, uh, this West division. As talented as it is, can kind of beat you up throughout the season when you're talking about Alabama, A&M, Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Arkansas uh, in there as well with LSU. So I've got them at eight wins total this season and uh, climbing a little bit higher and then next year maybe being back to true form. Uh, your thoughts on LSU? Well, again, like you said, the most entertaining coach in the conference. Um <laughs> Several positives about LSU. One is, of course, they do have talent, and they're able to recruit with some of the other schools um, in the SEC. You see a lot of kids' names come down to LSU or Alabama or LSU or Georgia, and LSU seems to get um, some of those. So I think they're, um, you know, if anyone can motivate people, it's Coach O. And, um, I, you know, he's going to try to create a winning. They were really down last year, but, again, I think everything um, just hit them there. So it would be interesting to see if they can come back. He's going to go at it with a positive attitude. I always remember two years ago when they beat Alabama, the first thing he said in the postgame conference or one of the first things was, now everyone needs to know this was not a one-year thing. Um, this is going to happen every year. In other words, they have high expectations. I think he sells his team on the fact that they they don't have to go into games thinking they're going to get beat, and uh, that can have a lot that that can have a good effect when you have talented kids. So LSU is one of those teams to me that's kind of hard to predict. Um, you'd say, yeah, probably eight, nine wins, um, but again. I don't think you can be shocked at the end of the year if all of a sudden they're really running the table. All right. Uh, good thoughts on LSU. Let's move on to Auburn. They've got a new head coach, Brian Harson. There's a lot of optimism uh, around this coach. Um, new coach, solid defense, great run backs, and a really, really tough schedule for Auburn this year. Bo Nix returns after an underwhelming season at quarterback, and honestly, he might get pushed by the LSU transfer, T.J. Finley. Um, Bo Nix did not show last year that he could be an elite quarterback and after high expectations. So it'll be interesting to see if he holds that job or Finley takes it over from him. Had Finley stayed at LSU, he'd be starting at LSU this year, but he left, and now he's he's battling for the job at Auburn. A uh, big question for Auburn is can the defense carry the team? They've got the talent there, um, and they're going to have to do it this year. The needed improvement is quarterback play. You just can't win games the way that Bo Nix was playing on a consistent basis. Their win total is seven. Before I give you my prediction, your thoughts on the Auburn Tigers? Um, again, I, I think they're going to be rebuilding. Um, they do have talent. They're able to recruit um, well also. But again, I think with a new coach, a new system, um, it'll be interesting to see how quick. And, and I think you, you really hit on it with they have a tough schedule. Yeah. If you look at their schedule, I mean, you know, uh, one upset in the conference, an old Miss, a Mississippi State, and Arkansas, and all of a sudden they're six wins. And, um, but they could get seven. 
But I think they'll be doing much better in the future. I think Auburn football is always going to be strong. But they could have a tough time this year. All right. Yeah, so I've got Auburn uh, actually at five wins, uh, not even bowl eligible this year. And this is not a knock on Auburn. This is not because I think Auburn is a bad team. I just think the luck is not going to be with them this year. It's just too tough of a schedule, too much happening with the new new coach and things like that as well. And so for that reason and looking at their schedule, I think it's five wins for Auburn this year. Would I be completely surprised if they were at eight wins? No, I wouldn't be. But I just, man, it's just going to be a tough, tough way for them to get there this year. And so I've got Auburn sitting at five wins. It'll be disappointing, but I think there will be some positive things seen within the season that'll help them get to where they need to be uh, in the next year and help them to build on those things. Uh, next up is Ole Miss, and they've got head coach Lane Kiffin. He was 5-5 five and five in their first year. They bring back their uh, solid quarterback and Matt Coral. Uh, you know, there's a lot of expectations on this quarterback this year. That's uh, an exciting and a good offense, but uh, they have a Big 12 defense. Uh, they're not very good on defense, uh, struggling on defense for sure. The big question that I have for Ole Miss is, is the system greater than the talent? Does it really matter who's there? Can the system do its job and uh, and and succeed? And then the needed improvement is the defense. Like I've already mentioned, last year they were last. They gave up 519 yards per game and 38 points per game. You're not going to have success in the SEC if your defense is that porous. And so their win total this year is at seven and a half wins. And I've got them at five wins also, just like Auburn. I think the offense will still be electric, but the defense is so bad. I don't think they've done enough to address it here in the offseason. Uh, Lane Kiffin, a unique character. This whole, <laughs> this, this West division has some really interesting coaches in it. Uh, but dad, Ole Miss. Uh, seven and a half wins. I've got them at five. Do you agree or disagree? Um, I had them a little higher than that, but I, I see what you're talking about as far as the defense is concerned. If they're the team that upsets a couple of these teams, then they can have seven or eight wins. But I would think they would, they would make a bowl. Again, Lane Kiffin, I'm not a fan of his at all, but he's a master motivator. Um, he will get the kids ready to play. He'll cause controversy with the other team that he's playing and, um, and, and, you know, have things that are going to be a distraction. And that's just the way it is. Uh, your question about, you know, can the system be greater than the talent? That's tough in the SEC because yes. there's so much talent. I'm not sure you can win without the talent. And I think some of the teams that have been on the bottom uh, would prove that. And teams that have all of a sudden had a big year, they, they have a lot of talent and a lot of kids going to the NFL. Yeah, and this division, too, in the West, it's it's just a tough division. And uh, it's hard to get wins in the conference when you got a division this tough. Next up is Mississippi State. Their head coach is Mike Leach. He's 4-7 and seven after his first season uh, in the SEC. They've got uh, a quarterback battle between sophomore Will Rogers and the uh, Mississippi State transfer, uh, let's see here, Jack Abram, I believe is his name, uh, as well. They've got a solid defense and an offense in year two of the Mike Leach system. So a lot of this is how are they going to improve? How are they going to show up here 
in year number two. The big question is, can the offense, uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, do they have the wide receiver depth to have a full season of an offensive explosion? They've got three good receivers, but they've had, they lost guys, the transfers, they lost a lot of depth here in the off season. And so if you got a guy go down, then all of a sudden it changes your offense. And, uh, and like we were just talking about with Lane Kiffin, um, you know, I don't know that Mike Leach is going to survive in the SEC. I'm not sure that he has what it takes to build a team in the SEC. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see. The defense will need to be elite to contend. That's the area they need to improve in as well. They're not as bad as Ole Miss, but uh, they're not a good defense. And if you're going to contend in the SEC, you're going to have to be able to, to stop some people. Their win total is at six. I've got it uh, at five. And, again, in the conference that they're playing in, in the division that they're playing in, it's hard to get those wins. you got to win your your non-conference games, and then you've got to win your easy conference games. And to me, Mississippi State's a team that's going to slip up against a team they should not lose to. Thoughts on Mike Leach? Um, again, I think you're probably right there. Five wins is what I had. Um, I'm not sure. Well, I don't think he is an SEC coach. I don't think he's going to be able to compete with the other teams there. I don't think he's going to be able to recruit with them um, from there. Um, you know, I'm surprised um, he had success out west after all the trouble he had down in Texas. Surprised he didn't stay out there because he was doing pretty well. I don't know that he's a fit at all in the SEC. And, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. Because you, you've got to recruit in a couple of years to be able to stay competitive. Mississippi State's been competitive because they've had some really good players. they got people scattered around the NFL. Uh, but will they have now in three years? I don't know. Right, and they lose their quarterback in Kellen Mond, who had a decent season, statistically at least, last year. And I said it when we were talking through the tiers. I just don't think that Mike Leach is going to be a guy that parents go, yeah, I want my kid to go play for him. He's weird. He's odd. Um, and I just, I think his, his, uh, niche, his persona, I think it's wearing off. I don't think people enjoy it as much as, as it once was. And, uh, when you got to compete in a, in a tough conference, and again, we're talking about you're adding Texas and Oklahoma. It's just going to make it so much harder for these guys. Lane Kiffin, he has the personality that can bring in guys and recruit guys. To me, Mike Leach is going to turn people off and ultimately his experience at Mississippi State will not end well. Then lastly is Arkansas, Sam Pittman. He was three and seven in his first season at Arkansas. And even with that three and second, three and seven record, Arkansas actually improved and there could be a bright future ahead for this team. KJ Jefferson steps in as the starter with Felipe Franks uh, gone now. The big question is, can the offense take a step forward? Can they get better? Can they improve off of what they started last season? Needed improvement is the pass rush. It should improve because they've got 10 starters returning on defense. Um, Dad, again, I'm I'm hopeful that Arkansas actually improves and turns it around under Sam Pittman. I think he's a good coach. I think he's going to fit what they're doing in Arkansas, and I think he's going to be able to build something there just not this year. Their win total is at five and a half. I've got them at five wins also. I think it's going to be a dogfight in the bottom half of the Western division here. Um, instead of dogfight, we'll call it a hog fight. Give me your thoughts on Woo Pig Sui uh, there, Arkansas. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Wooey Pig Suey. I think uh, Arkansas has a lot of tradition, and um, I know a lot of Arkansas fans. I have friends um, that are, you know, diehard Arkansas people, so the fans are always going to stay with them. Uh, I think it'd be great to see them make a turnaround. I think they're a team, you know, as we say, boy, it's going to get stronger, and you get Oklahoma and Texas coming in. I think Arkansas is a place, though, that can um, at least be competitive and stay being competitive every year. Again, five wins is probably where they're at this year. But if they can do that and not fall down uh, way, way in the cellar, it'll help them uh, in the future. Yeah, definitely. And the SEC, it's, again, it's a tough every year. I think it's the best football conference. I know there are some people who disagree. They're wrong, but nonetheless, um, Alabama, I've got them this year taking it undefeated, 12 wins. Georgia could definitely be in the running uh, for the playoffs, even as a one-loss one team uh, at 11 wins. Uh, Florida's going to be good, but I don't think good enough, as well as Texas A&M and LSU. So, Dad, I've got Alabama coming out of the SEC and going up against Georgia in the SEC Conference Championship. And at the end of the day, that also leaves Oklahoma, Clemson, and Ohio State as the teams I think uh, round out the top four, at least, uh, uh, the way that it ends up, in my opinion. But, Dad, uh, your thoughts here, the SEC, I think we pretty much agree, Alabama and Georgia at the top of the conference. Yeah, Alabama and Georgia is at the top of the conference. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um Georgia may really be able to give them a game this year. If they get them in a championship game, I don't know. Uh, again, I think the long shot, why they're a good team, but anybody upsetting Alabama is a long shot. Again, you just to me, you never know what's going to happen with LSU. And um, we'll see from there. But, no, I think Alabama and Georgia um, is very safe bets there. And uh, Alabama could easily be in the final four again. Um Again, you know, we've talked about things. We talked about the NBA this year. It was refreshing to have different teams. Uh, that's be the good thing about expanding the playoffs. I think it'd be refreshing where, I mean, they're good teams and they're fun to watch. And, you know, in their state, it's great to have them in there every time. But for the college football fan to see a different face now and then, um, I, that would create a lot of excitement, I think. Yeah, and you add Oklahoma to the mix in the SEC in the coming years, it's going to add another challenging opponent for Alabama to get through just in the conference, let alone uh, outside of that as well. All right, very good. So that's the SEC. That's our college football preview. I didn't have a chance to look at the other teams, Dad. Uh, I know we we talked about in the past maybe looking at Notre Dame as they are an independent team and things like that. Uh, any teams that stand out to you uh, that's worth watching this season? Uh, no, I mean, I think it's the main conferences that we've looked at from there. I mean, I haven't kept up following a lot, studied a lot about Notre Dame. Again, they're a team that always has potential. Um, but, again, I, I think their decision to not be in a conference is very unwise. And Well, that's ending soon. <laughs> um, super conferences, and they'll be in one. Yeah, yeah, they'll be in the ACC in the next couple of years. Um, with the expansion of the playoffs, they'll have to be. I mean, there's just no other option for them at that point um, to give them the best shot at getting into those playoffs. It's to win a conference. And so uh, the ACC is where they'll end up being there. Um, and we'll continue to see, you know, there's been a lot of rumors, but nothing substantial as far as other additions to conferences and things like that. We'll continue to follow those things. And before the college football season starts, we will do an episode 
uh, giving you a little bit more just general preview of college football season uh, there as well. Next episode will be Tuesday, 8 o'clock, uh, right here, or wherever you're watching us live right now, or if you're listening to the podcast, same place uh, as well. And uh, we're going to start our NFL preview uh, next week. So we'll be getting into the NFL teams. We're going to be previewing by divisions, and we're going to be breaking down the new additions, the key losses, the predictions for their win total, as well as some fantasy guys uh, there on each team as well. So we'll start that next Tuesday. And then a reminder, starting September 1st, every Wednesday following, we'll have the Sports Stove Local Hour focusing on Kentucky sports and uh, previewing football games and having local guests on to discuss those things as well. Thank you for listening today. Make sure you click on the links for uh, Skull Candy. Get yourself a new set of headphones or earbuds. They've got these dime earbuds, uh, true wireless earbuds, phenomenal product for a phenomenal price. So use the link there for Skull Candy. And then the same for Yeti Coolers. They've got luggage. And if you're going to be making any trips here recently, you're going to need some new luggage. Yeti Coolers take care of you. Of course, they've got all their standard products uh, that you know and love as well. You can click on the Yeti link and find yourself your next cooler there as well. In the next couple of days, we'll be announcing a new sponsor uh, for the Sports Stove Local Hour. So excited to add someone else to the team there as well. Well, hopefully you're enjoying some football. It is upon us. We're excited about that. And uh, next week, we talk NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.